0: The Ain't No Fang Podcast. From Arizona Sports. Ain't No Fang. What's this? Another
1: Diamondbacks win? Will they ever lose a game again? I'm Steve Zinsmeister. That's Cody (laughs) Fincher on the Ain't No Fang Podcast. Yeah, they're going to win and lose more games throughout the course of the season, but this is certainly a hot streak that was somewhat unexpected. Don't look at the standings because they are still fourth in the division, and they're not far ahead of fifth, but the Arizona Diamondbacks are not only above five hundred but playing really, really good
0: baseball. Well, let's get this straight too. The entire NLS has a winning record. Every team in that in this division has a winning record right now. I mean, is this the is this the best division in baseball? The Dodgers are twenty and nine, the Padres are twenty and twelve, the Giants nineteen and twelve, the D backs seventeen and fifteen, and the Rockies are sixteen and fifteen like if any of these other teams this feels like I'm talking about the NFL with the with the NFC East if any of these teams were or any of these like not Dodger teams were in the NL East they would be in second place I feel
1: like before the season if you had asked me which division was the best I probably would have said the AL East yeah but then the Red Sox have been so bad.
0: Yeah, they've been bad. Toronto's not been great either. Honestly, seventeen and fifteen. They'll they'll figure it out. But the, the Orioles,
1: I know they're seven and three in the last ten. But I don't believe in the
0: Orioles. The Yankees are
1: playing really well. Yeah. So Tampa I would have Bay is
0: always going to be good, no matter. I what I would have said do. that
1: division. I would not have said the AL Central. No. I would have told you they only have one good team, and it's the White
0: Sox. But so far, the Twins are the best team in that division, and those teams are. I mean. Cleveland is five hundred right now, fifteen and fifteen. The AL West, just
1: so many questions. The, in the Angels, AL West. the
0: Angels are in first place.
1: Good for them. Yeah. You know what? Mike Trout deserves to go to the playoffs for once. Yeah, for once. So let's try to make that happen. We need Otani. We
0: need Shohei Otani in the playoffs, please. Thank you.
1: I would have told you the NL East would be competitive, but right now, four out of the five teams have losing records. so yeah. that's not exactly. The Mets are out. playing really well. Yeah. Well, they spend enough money to play well. And then the NL Central, I would have told you, it's just the
0: Brewers and the Cardinals, and it's shockingly yep. the Brewers <laughs> and the Cardinals. So. Yeah. So, but yeah, dude, the the Diamondbacks are they're fun. They're fun to watch right now. Um, they're still getting like we talked about last uh last episode. Their pitching is still really good. The starting pitching's been really good. Um, today, Merrill Kelly kind of. He had to battle through a really rough start. He did not get off to a good start in this game today. Uh, gave up three runs in the first two innings. Uh, I think he gave up five hits in the first two innings, too. And, you know, the D-backs came back and tied it, but then Melanson and Wendelkin imploded in the ninth inning and gave up eight runs combined in the top of the ninth. So they lost today to the Marlins 11-3, to but... Caleb Smith was actually good today too. 3 perfect innings. 9 up, 9 down for Caleb Smith in a relief outing today. So, hopefully that's a turning point for him. I would hope so. It would be nice to see him pitch well with when they have the lead. Uh he came in when they were down 3 nothing, I believe, and he pitched well there, but he came in last night in the ninth inning when the D-backs were winning and gave up a run too. So I I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't trying to protect leads it gets pressure, I don't know. But yeah, the pitching's been good, the offense is coming around. Cattell Marte has been way better recently than he has had uh started out. Um I mean, Luplo's hitting timely home runs. Uh, uh Christian Walker has been way better. Peralta's been better. Um Rojas is back. It's nice to see Josh Rojas back finally. Um, yeah, Paven Smith is still playing well. Varsho has been been okay. Varsho now has to catch yeah, because Carson Kelly is on the injured list.
1: Yeah, well, it's two-pronged. So let's talk about the biggest headline of the day. Alec let's. Thomas has been called up to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes! Alec Thomas, for those who don't. Really pay attention to prospects and don't really know. He is one of their top hitting prospects. I think he is the top prospect now. Technically, yeah, probably. According um, to pipeline, but I think. But it's one of those things where it's him or Corbin Carroll, right? And they're both center fielders, and they're both <laughs> they're both left handed, uh, and they both are similar profiles. But they're both kind of short guys. Yeah, but they're both killing fast, it, and they're good defenders. But they got popped. Alec made it to the pros first mm-hmm. which is fine Corbin Carroll had a season ending injury would would that have been 2 years ago Corbin Carroll
0: hadn't played like a full season of minor league baseball ever that was that just last season that yeah he got hurt so in 2020 yeah. there was no minor league season right and then last year a handful of games in he, he had a season ending shoulder injury on hitting a home run right and he missed the rest of the season so and corbin is now in double a i believe he is in double a dominating yeah, he's he's kicking butt
1: i think he's got like eight home runs already yeah um for a little guy that's pretty impressive and alec thomas while he doesn't have much of a,
0: a power hitting profile he hit a home run today yeah First big league home run. He took it it was off of a really good pitcher, Sandy Alcantara. Really good. Pretty sure the slowest pitch Alcantara threw today was ninety-four. <laughs> his, it was a changeup at a ninety-four. Change up? I wow. swear. No, I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah. Um, but he took him deep the opposite way to the left center field gap. It got into the seats out there, and it was nice. He's he's come up and in his debut, he had a a, a, a double for his first big league hit. Um, was this double opposite field? Yes, it was. Interesting. Yeah, uh his power's coming opposite field. And he's had now two straight including today, two straight multi-hit games. Um so he's been playing pretty well. He's playing a pretty good center field out there too. Um it's nice to see it's finally nice to see the like, cuz we've we've heard for a while that the Diamondbacks have one of the top-ranked farm systems. Yes. in Major League Baseball. It's finally it's good to finally see some of those guys come up and contribute. I mean, we we're seeing Peralta Perdomo is up, Seth Beer whether or not he's cold or not, he started out the season really hot. So, Seth Beer is up and 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 contributing. Now, we've seen Corbin Martin a few times. Not enough, but not yeah, enough, but not yeah. in the not where I'd like him to be in the rotation. Um, and that's not a slight, I keep saying this, not a slight to Humberto Castellanos. Castellanos is actually pitching pretty well. But in grand- in the grand scheme of things, I want to see Corbin Martin in the rotation because I think that's where his value I, is. I'd
1: go as far as to say, I don't want him to be forgotten.
0: Right. I don't want him to become a bullpen arm. Yeah. That's just out there for long relief. Varsho. Um, Varsho, yeah, he was the top prospect for, for a little while there. And now Alec Thomas, their top prospect is here. And so far in three what, three games, he's playing really well. Um, so that's that's really good to see. And they needed him because Carson Kelly is on the injured list with a strained oblique. It sounds like he's gonna be out for a few weeks. So you um, slide Varshow to Bar catch up. Varsho is now catching Herrera's the backup, and now Thomas is out in center field. And you know, honestly, you weren't getting
1: anything from Carson Kelly offensively and no. defensively, I don't think he's looked all that good either. He's been mediocre at best. Where Varsho might not be an everyday catcher, at least that's not how the organization foresaw this season going. Yeah. You're still probably getting more from him than you were from Kelly. Yeah. And here's the bigger question about Alec Thomas for me, and this isn't really answerable right now, but is he going to go back down or is he here to stay? Because some prospects, they come up, and they're here to stay. You know that you're going to hit on Chris Bryant. You know he's going to be the third baseman for the Cubs for a while. You know that Bryce Harper's sticking around. You know what I mean? Like the big ones where once they're up, everyone's excited, and they're now a cornerstone of the team. I believe Alec Thomas is the best center fielder, not named Corbin Carroll, I guess, in the organization. So he should be the starting center fielder regularly for the Diamondbacks, but we know that this happens where you know maybe Carson Kelly comes back and then Varsho's got to play somewhere so they yeah. send Thomas back down but also too the only other guy that was really playing center field was Jake McCarthy and he's not around either
0: anymore at this point so yeah. maybe Alec Thomas stays for a while I I would like him to stay um I think he's I think he's earned it I think he is ready for it but again on the other side I kind of want to avoid overreacting to a few games, like I fear we did with Seth Beer, um, and I think Seth Beer was ma- going to be on this club no matter what. Yeah, but Seth Beer had set a Diamondbacks record the other day. It got to an O for his last thirty-six. Yeah, streak. So, but I will say this. But, I mean, t- I mean, Seth Beer is—he's just a DH, you know, right now. True. And Alec Thomas provides much. A, a position of need really because let's call it what it is dalton varsho dalton, dalton varsho is a catcher but he's playing center field out of necessity right, right.
1: i think he could be a really good corner outfielder yeah he could. i think he's a slightly below average center fielder
0: i think the question could be what is the future of carson kelly And that could determine a lot of things. Yeah, that's one of the big dominoes. if you determine that maybe he's not the guy, then Dalton Varsho kind of has to be the guy.
1: I I don't remember this statistic. I texted it to you a couple of days ago. Um, I was looking at defensive metrics amongst catchers. Carson Kelly's not really even in the top catchers within his own league. He's not even the top 10 in the National League, which means he's certainly not in the top. 15 or so nationally yeah so if you're getting nothing from him offensively which really he's had one really good season in his time in the major leagues i think he's six years in the majors probably three of them as a starter and he's had one decent year and you're not getting much offensively and if the defensive metrics aren't really there either maybe you do try
0: varsho more often or kind of a platoon between the two. Yeah. And at the least. Varshow the other night had a really good night behind the plate. He was making all kinds of plays back there on wild pitches and balls in the dirt and whatnot. He's athletic. Dude. He is. He is Which athletic. is something you don't see in catchers. He moves around really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Alec Thomas, 13 at bats so far. He's, he has five hits. He's five for 13, 385. He has a home run, three RBIs. That ain't bad. Um, this is what we've been waiting for. And. It's even it's like the cherry on top right now of this team because the whole team is playing well. And it's just so nice to see finally these guys come up because I think if all goes well, Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll are two of your three outfielders for uh, the foreseeable future. Probably, hopefully. yeah. Um, in the long term, I don't know how long Christian Walker is going to be here. I would like to see... Paven Smith move back in from the outfield eventually. It's not going to happen this year. To first base? To first base. And then eventually you'll see Carroll in center field and Thomas in right field. Oh, okay. I think that's what I think. Varsho, Varshow or, I mean, Peralta in the short term and left. But yeah, and maybe, maybe Varsho it's Varsho show if Kelly's still here or if there's another catcher they like. I don't know. There's also, I mean, but
1: uh, this is always such a weird one to bring up. Christian Robinson is a prospect that everybody loves. I but
0: I don't know what's up with him. I don't either. I don't know what his status is. He
1: was the one that punched a cop on the freeway.
0: Right. And that led to some legal troubles and we weren't sure if he was in the country. He also hasn't played minor league baseball in two years. Yeah. So and he's as far as I know, not playing now. My guess is he didn't lose his talent as a baseball player between then and now, but at the same time you have good. to play. It's not good to just not yeah, not play, yeah. you know. So I mean, I as far as I know, he's not playing. Yeah. Um, that
1: that complicates things, certainly.
0: So I can try and find out real quick.
1: No, I mean I was just throwing it out there as a like a future thing, but um, I don't know what his future in the organization or in baseball in general looks like. I have, I just
0: don't know. I have no clue. But no, yeah, I his, think his only stats are from 2019. That's his latest stat, so he's not playing right now. I think your analogy to what we said about
1: Seth Beer early in the season is fair. Um, the fact that. See cuz you said maybe we overreacted, right? That mm. he hit a home run on opening night to win
0: the game. He's batting 400. He was that, hitting 400 when no one else was hitting over that, 200. And that happened. Let's yeah. not pretend like it was some fluke or anything. He right. was he was the best hitter on this team for a while and he is in a big funk right now. But we talked, I mean in the days
1: after him hitting that home run on opening day, he didn't play against Sean Manaya. He yeah. didn't play against another lefty two days later. So like in the first handful of games, he wasn't playing against lefties, even though he was the only player on the team hitting anything right. for a while. And so I think that context is important because a lot of fans were clamoring for more Seth Beer. You and I, we wrote an article at ArizonaSports.com yeah. <laughs> that we need more beer. Yeah. Literally. And more beer. Please. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And also baseball terms it's in life. And, uh, and were we wrong? Like, has he per-
0: performed poorly since then? Yeah, yeah. That's just the reality. I don't, reality know, of I don't it. know if we were wrong at the time. I think we were right. But, you know, who could have predicted he would go in an O for 36 slump? You know what I and mean? And also, too, I appreciate that the Diamondbacks and Tori
1: Lovello chose to let him try to work through it. Mm-hmm. That they didn't just send him back down after he got to 0 and 20 or whatever. Like, oh, okay, maybe he needs some more work in the this minors. This isn't working. Let's send him back to Reno. This yeah. is a team with zero expectations this season. Let the young guys try to figure it out. That doesn't mean we let him go 0 for 80, but we got to figure out where that line is drawn. And, I mean, he did have a hit today, right? Yeah, he
0: broke the 0 for 36, yeah.
1: So, I mean, maybe he turns things around, and there's nobody else that fits the DH profile, especially
0: against righties, better than Seth Beer. Right. You need to figure out what you and have in I like guy. what they've been doing... Um, it's been working, I think, with Cooper Hummel uh, being the DH against uh, lefties. He's gotten in the outfield, too, a couple times for Peralta against lefties. And, you know, Cooper Hummel gets on base. He's your favorite player. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's my favorite, but I oh, like him a lot. he's your favorite. No, Perdomo's your favorite. I do love Perdomo, but he
1: doesn't <laughs> hit. He hasn't been hitting much. No. Not this year, at least. I, I mean, know. he's been okay. Um, what are his numbers? I'm interested see. to know let's pull because you're right I have here. been a fan of perdomo for a while
0: um perdomo is hitting 188 this year he's yeah. 12 for he's 12 for 64. what's that on base percentage though uh 350. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably higher than he most walks. Of the starters right? he walks a lot man I'm telling you I'm telling you. you, man he walks um yeah so uh, I want to see what humbles on base percentage is oh it's got to be good I would think right yeah if my iPad wants to load here yeah come on iPad uh 338 okay, not bad that's not, a, that's not bad that's he's not hitting great. 185 as well. So, I'm t- yeah, see uh, this is a weird
1: cuz the way they constructed this team, Cooper Hummel, Geraldo Perdomo, Paven Smith, on some degree Alec Thomas, but he's a little more dangerous with the bat. These guys are on high on base percentage guys, and sometimes that's going to mean a guy hits a little lower in the batting average
0: but takes more walks. Paven Smith's on base is 337. Yeah. He's yeah, hitting, see, he's hitting 233. He's see, hitting a little bit better.
1: But they don't have anybody like a Joey Gallo who's going to go out and hit 200. Yeah. But he's going to hit 35 home runs, right. drive in 80 90 run RBIs. I it, they don't have that guy. So like that's clearly the old, choosing the That's the only route. reason
0: Joey Gallo is a major league baseball player. He'll get you 25 to 35 home runs yeah. every year. He'll that's hit why, it out of the ball That's why you tolerate him hitting under 200. It's the it's the Adam Dunn. And he's good at in de- on the defensive side too. It well yeah, uh, that
1: that's how he's different from Adam Dunn I suppose. Yeah. But but it's the same basic principle, right? You're yeah. okay with the low average because they hit for power. That's not the D back style. Yeah. Clearly, they've gone with high on base
0: guys, even if it means they're not hitting super well. Right. I don't know. It, it's, I don't, I think they should still try to let Seth Beer figure it out. Like you said, I agree. This team. Who else are you going to play? I don't know. I, I mean, there's no one in the minor leagues right now other than Corbin Carroll that I really want to see come up you know what I mean like or in play I can't think like I don't I don't think those at bats should go to a guy like Drew Ellis no. um, Matt Davidson is no longer here he was DFA'd and claimed by another team um, I mean there's no one really in the minors that intrigues me with the bat anyway not like Alcantara he's gone is he, is he not around no, anymore? he, got, Somebody claimed, claimed he got claimed by the Padres oh, I didn't even know that So he's, he's not in the organization anymore um, um I mean like Gianni, they've DFA'd yeah. a bunch of guys yeah, like they have they have um, but that's also because they chose to play a lot of sure, non-rostered sure. guys. Um so yeah, I think I think Seth Beer should be given the opportunity to work out of this bad slump that he's in. Um and whether it's just playing him against righties, I think that's fine. Whatever Tory's doing it seems to be working right now because the team's on a pretty hot streak. Um they've won three straight series. They're seven uh, they've won 7 of their last 10. Um, but yeah, I, Alec Thomas to me, I mean, this kid's your future, right? I think it's worth keeping him up here as long as he's playing well and doesn't, you know, fall into bad habits and whatnot. Um, he doesn't have to play every day. No, he doesn't. Um, but maybe like four days a week, he'll be playing a lot more than I think, than I, you know, than I I don't know. Like he, Farsho is can't play every day behind the plate. Then go out to center field. Right. He's going to play a lot more than we think. I I, I believe at that. least initially. Yeah, because I mean, who else is going to b- go out and play center? Varcho is your only really of, your only other center fielder. Has Luplo played center at all? This year, I don't, year, I don't think so. I don't know that he would. But he's a corner outfielder. Peralta,
1: um, Peralta, Peralta doesn't,
0: doesn't have the wheels any. I don't think no. anymore to play center. Cattell, they've kept it second. I, they're, from everything they've said in the off season before the season started, they are not doing that again. Yeah, Katal Marte is not playing center field unless, like, they have no like unless both Varsho and whoever's playing center field that day gets hurt in the same game. I don't see Cattell Marte going out and playing center field.
1: I felt before this season, well, even before last season, this team did not have any center fielders. Jake McCarthy, say whatever you want. I mean, that's fine. Pavin Smith was playing center field. This team did not have a center fielder. I understood why Varsha was playing there. I realized that they needed to put him somewhere, and they needed to get him some opportunities. But this team didn't have a center fielder. Today, I feel like they have a center fielder.
0: And for that reason, I would like to see him stick around for a while. Yep. It's been a position of need for how many years now? Since Starling Marte got traded. Yeah. So...
1: Exactly. That was the
0: trade deadline in twenty twenty, exactly. and even before that, they didn't have a center fielder. Kittell was playing center field in twenty nineteen for a lot of the games, pretty much. He, I mean, I know he made the all star team as a second baseman, but he was really a center fielder that year. For that, Chris Owings, oh Chris Herman,
1: <laughs> just naming, just naming all the fantastic people who played center field. Chris Young, how um, many Chris's have we had
0: in center field? Plenty of, actually, several. Now that I think um, about it, but yeah, I, it's nice to have that position for now kind of solidified with one of your top prospects playing well or at least have us excited about it I know and it's such a crucial position
1: I'm actually shocked that it took this regime that Mike Hazen uh, front office this long to find a guy like to get a guy in center field like this because of how much they value defense right I mean Nick Ahmed great shortstop uh, in terms of fielding Geraldo Perdomo who's filled in when Nick is out good solid defender Cattell Marte is a great defender at second base. I wouldn't say great in center field. He was okay. Um, I know I know you're nodding your head. Cattell has had some errors. He hasn't
0: been too great
1: this year, but he's but getting better. In terms of athleticism, I mean, he's a former shortstop playing second base. Sure, It's not, uh, what's an example? It's not like Robinson Cano, you know, where I never felt he was that good defensively. He made some good play.
0: He had a good arm. Maybe guess, I'm just but... being a little recency bias yeah. on him, but... I don't have a I think good Cattell example. just overall is playing much better than he was I mean he's bad I and mean, it's there's nothing to boast about but his batting average is up to 204 oh. so it's above the Mendoza line but <laughs> is that the Mendoza line now 200 that's what it is okay. right. <laughs> um, so uh God, but I wish it was higher yeah yeah <laughs> you yeah uh but I think he's also I, I it could have been that his contract, maybe he was trying too hard to live up to the contract he just got. You think I, that plays into it? Maybe a little bit. Um, I think he's so he was, reserved. I just feel like he was pressing in every aspect of the game. Like he was making mistakes on defense, bobbling ground balls, bobbling transfers for double plays, and bad throws to first base. And now I'm not seeing very much of that. And I mean, in his last seven games, he's hitting 391. With a, with a home run, only one
1: RBI, which kind of stinks, but... I wondered if he was just trying to get used to just being the second baseman. Going back to second again? You know, for so long, he was going back and, and forth, forth between second yeah. and center field, and
0: I, I don't know. I wondered I if mean, maybe he that played I mean, he only really got... Between 2019 and now, he only played second base for a season, quote-unquote, for 2020. Right. And that was only for, what, 30... Games before they traded Starling Marte? Yes. So I, I'm pretty sure he went back to center field after that.
1: Uh they called up Varshow at some point. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I think that was when they called up Varsho. But yeah, no, great points on Cattell He's definitely turned a corner, which I'm I'm very happy about because he is their best player. Yeah. I heard Tori, was it yesterday or maybe the day before? I think it was yesterday on the pregame show. Um, talking about, you know, I think Chris Garagil had asked him what is Cattell like as a leader? Yeah. And he said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, he's quiet. He's not a vocal leader. Yeah, he, he doesn't talk in the clubhouse. Yeah. And he basically said he lets his play do the talking. And it reminded me, oddly, of the situation that we're learning more about in Cleveland, where their best player is also an infielder, Jose Ramirez, who's been great, by the way, to start the year. And Jose Ramirez had the opportunity to test free agency for way more money. I mean, he could right. have gotten $100 million more elsewhere is the estimate, and he chose to stay with his team because, you know what, two hundred million in Cleveland is the same as three hundred million in L.A. to me. <laughs> you know, like the happiness that I get yeah. from staying put matters, and that's kind of the vibe I get from Cattell. Is like, all right, here's this new deal, and it's not outrageous for the team. Uh, it's probably less than he would make on the open market, but you know
0: what, I'm a quiet guy, and I like Arizona. Yeah, and Tori, like what what Tori said, was uh, kind of interested me. He was like. He said, "Yeah, he's quiet, like you were you were saying, but in the clubhouse he used this phrase like he kind of wants to be left alone." Yeah, I found that interesting. And then, but he, but then he said, when he gets out on the field, he's a different guy. Like he's, yeah. you know, he's more outgoing and 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 vocal and stuff like that. But in the clubhouse, he's kind of a quiet, reserved person. I want to be left alone. That's an interesting thing to
1: me. Yeah, I don't know if we've had plenty of quiet leaders. Paul Goldschmidt was one of them. Zach Granke. Well, Zach Granke... He, He's got his own style. Like he to me felt like a. I don't want. I want to be left alone. He felt like that kind all, of the guy. <laughs> all the
0: time, all the time. But I don't. I don't think that was necessarily true, though. I don't think Zach. it was like because you know he would all. You get him on camera talking with other guys, and you know, you know, if there was a young guy talk another pitcher, he would be talking to him. He wouldn't be like, leave me alone, rookie, get out of here. Yeah, he was clearly. I think Bumgarner I comes think, across that way too a little bit, and like Randy Johnson wanted to be left alone especially on games where he was pitching. But every other thing I've watched about Randy was like, when he wasn't pitching, he was like a good teammate and he was just one of the guys. But when he was pitching, if you even looked at him, right. Like you're going to die. Like (laughs) you, you might not see the next day. Isn't he in that Ghostbusters commercial? Yes. How did they get him to do that? With Ken Griffey Jr. um, David Ortiz. Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. I'm like, I looked at that commercial. I'm like, what is, that's Randy it's a it's weird who is this guy it's weird on several levels first of all
1: if you know anything about randy johnson you know he doesn't do baseball stuff like he he's honored by the team i think he's technically an employee but really he's there he's for a, promotional he's a photographer reasons. he loves yeah. photography he travels the world and takes pictures yeah. that's that's what he loves doing he's he
0: doesn't do a lot of uh ambassador stuff no for baseball or the Diamondbacks. i think he might show up during spring training every once in a while like, like opening day. talk to the guys yeah you know but he's not around no. he's not
1: like gonzo
0: who's Gonzo's around Gonzo's around
1: all the time like right every game he's there and i'm not blaming randy it doesn't matter to me what you choose to do with your life but that's why i thought it was so interesting he was in this commercial i'm like i feel like if you don't live in arizona you probably haven't seen randy johnson <laughs> since like oh nine yeah like what's he been up to yeah so I found that interesting. Um, something else that happened this week. Tori Lovello has uh, set the new record for wins as a Diamondback manager.
0: Is that right? That, yes. The wins. All-time winningest manager in D-backs history. 354 career, or not career, 354 wins as D-backs manager. Topping Kirk Gibson. Kirk Gibson. Who was not right before him because that was Chip Hale, right? Yes. Chip Hale came between. Chip Hale's not on this list well i'm shocked um he yeah no
1: it's funny i i was doing an exercise uh with a friend the other night he was saying hey i'm gonna name the team you name the manager right and just to see how many i could get right okay um and while going through a lot of the other managers i thought to myself wow i just named a lot of people that have either been the manager (laughs) of or been involved with the diamondbacks organization Uh uh-huh and in their fairly short time as a team I mean they're they've been together what 25-ish years they've had some good managers or at least names uh, big uh-huh. names that you would recognize I mean I was looking at uh what what happened with Bob Melvin this week he had a procedure I think done I don't know I have no idea I think I read he had a procedure done this week and I was thinking oh Bob Melvin think that, that's a that's a guy that was a respected manager of this organization. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bob Brenly won the World Series with the team in 2001. Yeah, uh, Kirk Gibson uh, was well-respected. I think he's still a broadcaster. He's broadcasting with the Tigers. And then now, uh, Torrey Lavello, uh, maybe it's some recency bias here, but Torrey Lavello has the most wins as a D-back manager. Is he the best Diamondbacks manager in their history? Hmm
0: uh like overall just like while they were here or overall because if you're going to tell me overall manager i would i would say bob melvin is the best overall like where he's done what he's done other places too like the best manager yeah. they've had overall in their managerial careers is probably bob melvin probably um it's definitely not Chip Hale. No. Well, I um, mean, Buck Showalter? Yeah, Buck Showalter. I mean, awesome. I mean, he's still in the game. Yeah, he's managing Back the in Mets the game, right now. I say. Yeah. He's got one of the best teams in baseball yeah. right now. I mean, okay, so, but while they were here in Arizona, you got to I mean, give Brendley a lot of Brindley, credit. Yeah, Brendley wasn't here that long, but he won a World he, Series. He won the World Series in his first year as manager with that, with that 01 great team. He was fired in 04. In July of '04 when the team what it was 111 games that year and they tied that last year um yeah I mean he I mean he had think about this Bob Branley had 303 wins as D-backs manager in less than three full seasons
1: that's crazy
0: that's insane the fact that he didn't stick
1: around longer is yeah insane to me well um, but he's obviously he's been a part of this organization for a while. I Buck, mean, he
0: was a broadcaster elsewhere, but then comes yeah. in as broadcaster here as well. Buck Showalter had 250 wins in two full seasons as the manager before they gave the job to Brenly.
1: How is that even possible?
0: That team was bad how that was first that, year.
1: How is that possible?
0: Um, Kirk Gibson was here for four years, and he had 353. Kirk Gibson was a good manager when yeah. the teams were good.
1: Uh, it wouldn't have been 2017. Which What was the last good team Kirk had? 2011. 2011. Yeah, 2011. They
0: made the playoffs and they lost to the cheating Brewers that had cheating Ryan Braun. Yes, correct. Yes. He did what again? He cheated. Yeah, he cheated. Oh, okay, cool. He cheated it. Cheated. Got it. Cheater. He cheated. (laughs) You're you're, you're a cheater. A cheater. Um, Yeah. The famous urine sample fiasco. Right. Um, I swear on my life, I did not do this. That team was... That Brewers team, by oh, the yeah, way... by the way, I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> that Brewers team was so annoying. Niger I mean, Morgan. Niger Morgan, Prince Fielder was what good. Was, do you Ricky remember? Weeks was good. Oh, yeah. Before he was a D-back playing horribly in left field. What was Niger Morgan's...
1: Uh, remember he had a like a different personality... Remember, he had like another. What? Do you remember that? No, they had. A, he had like a nickname for his alter ego. Oh my or, god! Do you not of remember? Of course that? he did. No, I
0: don't remember that. Let me I see. I feel
1: like that was a big thing back then, or maybe it was just a nickname that How he do you had. Spelled? Oh, there we go. N Y. There we go. J E R. That's my guess. I have no alter idea. Alter ego. Let's I feel see what like it he was. had an alter ego or something.
0: Tony plush. Tony
1: plush. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, dude, he had like multiple personalities or something. And he became Tony hell? Plush. What the hell? You don't remember that at no, all? No, I don't. Wow. Did you
0: even follow baseball back then? What what is going on? Well, I didn't care for Nigel Morgan. Kidding, no. so, but, Nobody did. But yeah, so anyway uh, Tory, I mean, this is his fourth season, if my math is correct. And we had talks about the possibility no, of him being released. Fifth, this is his fifth season. Yeah. Well, his contract ended last year. It ran out. And they brought him back. And they brought him back. Um, so this is his fifth season. I mean, he's lost more games than he's won. He also won coach of the year in his um, first year. Manager of the year. Sorry. He did. 2017, 2017 when they went to the playoffs. After they. I don't like, know how many of those years.
1: guys have won manager of the year. Brenly's obviously got the, the World Series, which is great. I'm
0: sure Brenly did. But Maybe. I actually don't know. Did Kirk Gibson win it in 2011? I don't know. Now i got to pull... I'll pull up a list, but... Okay.
1: I mean, there's a couple of guys who have a decent argument to be the best manager in Diamondbacks history, and Torrey now has the most wins. And a lot of that goes
0: to longevity. I think I I picked Torrey. You know what? But you know what it is? What's your criteria? Because I said... If it was overall managerial career the best manager they've had, I mean, they've had A.J. Hinch, too. I think if
1: you gave any of those managers Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling, they probably would have some success. Sure. Too. Yeah. Like, if it comes to managing a game and also longevity plays a role. Because when you tell me that Brenly won all those games and still wasn't around sure. after a couple of seasons... I mean, unless he got paid a boatload of money to go to a
0: bigger market, like I, it doesn't really add up to me. I'm, I'm still gonna go with Bob Melvin because That's those great choice, those two teams, just for his time here, he was great in Oakland too. How he got those Oakland teams to the playoffs consistently was amazing. But how does that play into but, the argument of best D backs manager? I'm gonna tell you, okay. Bob Melvin, the two teams that he got to the playoffs. Didn't belong there at all. The 07 were those, those those weren't the baby backs. That was 04, 05 or something. But the 07 D backs was Eric Burns and Connor Jackson and Chris Young was a rookie that year. Fun names. Uh, (laughs) I mean, Brandon Webb was establishing himself as one of the best pitchers in the game back then before he got injured. I mean, Doug. Was that the Doug Davis year, or was that 11? I can't remember. No, that was Doug Davis, LaVon Hernandez. Was this Dan Heron around then? Uh, they got Dan Heron the next year in 08. Oh, okay. Um Micah Owings was a part of that rotation. Like, I mean, those uh, those guys, like, I'm trying to think of even, like, who their best player was. So
1: your point is Melvin did a lot with, with a little. less, yes.
0: Yeah. And 11, they were good in eleven. They had some good pieces. Justin Upton was playing well. Chris Young, Eric Burns. Eric Burns still? No, not Eric Burns. Um, but, I mean, Kennedy had a ridiculous year. Daniel Hudson was really good that year, too. Miguel Montero? Miguel Montero, yeah. Paul Goldschmidt came up in December. That's December. September and played I say, well. He came up in December. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty impressive. impressive. Yeah, uh, And, of course, played well in the postseason right. against the Brewers.
1: I, I like your argument for Melvin. I think you're probably right that he's probably the most talented and like best track record mm-hmm. of all of the Diamondbacks managers. I'm going Tory because Tory even through thick and thin, through a pandemic, through bad teams, through a rebuild, mm-hmm. they've stuck with him and I think that speaks volumes. Also too, did you see the clip of David Peralta and Nick Ahmed talking uh when they announced Tory had the record for wins? In yes, the clubhouse that was very touching. To see the two... I mean, those are your two vocal leaders on this team, really. Is David Peralta the heartbeat of this team? Well, and they, Nick Ahmed matters a lot. They're the
0: two guys. that have been here the longest. Right.
1: Yeah. And for them to show so much respect and love for Tori Lovello, I think that matters. I think that plays into the argument. He's got the trust of every single guy on his squad. To the point where they were the worst team in baseball last year. I know the Orioles got the number one pick. But for all intents and purposes, the Diamondbacks were the worst team last season. And they still kept Torrey. Yeah. Other guys, like you mentioned, uh, Brenly, got fired doing way better. It's just weird. So for Torrey to be here this long, I think that speaks volumes about him. And now he has the, the cumulative record of most wins.
0: And he's got a Coach of the Year award. Manager of the year. Can, whatever. Can, can I just read you some of these names on the 7 D backs <laughs> roster? Yeah, this will be fun. Uh, the starting lineup uh, of just what Baseball Reference says is their starting lineup. Okay. Chris Snyder at catcher. Yeah, I remember him. Connor Jackson at first. Mm. Orlando Hudson at second. Love him. Love O dog. Steven Drew, shortstop. Yeah. Um. Mark Reynolds played at third that year. Love along Reynolds. with Chad Tracy. Um. Eric Burns in left, Chris Young in center, Carlos Quentin in right field. Oh, yeah, I Quentin. forgot about Carlos Quentin. Yeah. Uh, and there are guys also that played for them that year. Chad Tracy. I liked Chad Tracy. Um, the now president of the Players Association, Tony Clark, was on that team. Miguel Montero was the backup catcher. Scott Hairston. Alberto Callaspo, uh Justin Upton played in 43 games a year. Augie Ojeda. Yep. Jeff Salazar. Who? Who? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Robbie Hammock, of course, Robbie Hammock. Of course, Robbie uh, And then I don't even know the rest of these guys. <laughs> They're pitchers. Brandon Webb, of course, yep. Levon Hernandez, yep. Doug Davis, who threw like eighty three, uh, Micah Owings, Edgar Gonzalez, and here's a name. One Mr. Randy Johnson. He was on that team. He came back and pitched in 10 games. Oh, that's when he came back. Yeah, because he, came he back. left in yep. 04 or 05. He got traded to the Yankees in 04. Yeah. Or maybe in the offseason of 04. Okay, yeah. And then he came back. For a hot minute. Yeah, and he should have been back long enough to win his 300th game. As he a went D-back. to he, San, San Francisco, Francisco. yeah. Ugh. Oh, here's another one that came back. Byung-Hyung Kim, yeah. they brought him back as a starter. Do you yeah. remember that? Do you no. remember that? I <laughs> do. I choose not it to. It was bad. So Bob Melvin took that team to the playoffs. They won the division that year. They got to the NLCS that year and lost to the Rockies. And that turned out to be the horrible World Series. The Red Sox versus the Rockies. It was a horrible World Series. You know, I'm going to give you a ton of credit. You build an argument very well. I do. Yeah. Because la- I, I remember <laughs> these teams because I love this team. This team was great. They were a bunch of, just like the 11 team, they were a bunch of freaking misfits yeah. that didn't really have anywhere else to go. I mean, Ian Kennedy and Edwin Jackson in 2011 came here for Max freaking Scherzer. You know? like Ian and Kennedy won 21 games that year. Bob Melvin was the manager that year, right? What? Or was that Kirk Gibson? Which year? That was Kirk Gibson, wasn't it? What year? 11? Kirk Gibson? Kirk Gibson, yeah. Dang that was it. his manager. Dang it. Room. Anyway, Bob Melvin took this team. Scratch what I said before because I was wrong. Bob Melvin took the '07 7 team, which really didn't belong you, in the playoffs, and they won the division and they almost got to the World Series. You know how
1: you know you're a good manager nowadays? Mm-hmm. When you're on a good team and a bigger market team poaches you. It doesn't happen very often. It happened with Joe Madden where he got poached from the Rays to the Cubs Cubs, and then kind of got poached again to the Angels, although his time with the Cubs was coming to a close. We all knew it. Um, Bob Melvin recently got poached to San Diego. Everybody
0: on the A's gets poached eventually. I don't know if that was a poaching. Oh, come on. The lineup they've got? No, no, no. I'm I'm saying Oakland was like, hey, we're going to trade everybody. And Bob Melvin was like, I'm not I'm not okay with that. Right. And they gave him permission to go seek other employment. And the padres swooped him up. Yeah. Which got, is probably stupid on the A's part to let him go. So maybe what he I was,
1: he was still under contract. Maybe what I should have said is you're considered a great manager when you're already on a good team, you do a good job, and you don't get fired. Right. And you still land another you're job. You're still
0: under contract. Right. And get another job. And people job. come calling. Yeah. Um not a lot of that doesn't happen a lot yeah. in baseball. Yeah. I, I think they ha- you're right. It happens you know, all you, the time when,
1: in college football. It happens not yeah. very often in baseball.
0: When you brought this up, I was like, "Oh yeah, they had some good managers, obviously Brentley and And we're barely they, talking about Buck Showalter. I know. Buck Showalter great. started this franchise, helped start this entire thing. Yeah. 250 wins for Buck Showalter in 2 years. And you got to be pretty
1: brave. I mean, like he put on the he put on the purple and teal. Like I felt like that was a bold move in the late 90s. For a team to start up and be like, "All right, we're gonna go purple and teal." Buck
0: Showalter will forever go down as the guy who walked Barry Bonds with the bases loaded, intentionally walked Barry Bonds to walk in a run. Bold move, worked out and okay. It worked, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm still gonna go with Bob Melvin. Okay. That 7 team had no business. I feel like you can't really go wrong.
1: I, maybe I'm wrong for picking Tori Lavello. I don't know. But I feel like you can't we'll go see. wrong picking Bob Melvin. Bob Brenly has a World Series. Sure, Buck Walter
0: has been on so many good teams. I think a lot of people would just pick Bob Brenly because of the World Series. And yeah. you know what? I wouldn't hold that against you. No. Good argument. You would not be wrong.
1: Short argument, but yeah. good argument. Um, Anyway, that happened this week. Tori Lavello gets the record for most wins. Congrats to Tori. By the way, we had our first no-hitter of the season last night. Yes, in
0: a ridiculous game. Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers. Los Angeles Angels. Currently in first place in their division. Yeah, what the heck's going on with them? I'm actually happy about it. Me too. I want Mike Trout in the playoffs for once in my life, please. Oh, yeah, that other guy, Otani. Oh, yeah, that guy, he's all right. He's okay. He's, he pitched today, too. Reed Detmers. After hitting a home run. Yeah. So if you
1: had Reed Detmers in the office pool yeah. of who was going to throw the first hitter. Yeah, good job. Um, did you see any of that game last night? I watched the Rendon home run. How ridiculous was that? They were up 10 nothing, <laughs> and Anthony Rendon, widely known right-handed hitter, yeah. came to the plate left-handed
0: and hit a home run. Off of Brett Phillips, pretty awesome. center fielder. Mike Trout. Brett Phillips threw this just looked like a twenty mile an hour meatball meatball lob. Twenty mile? Can you even throw a baseball twenty miles per hour? I don't know. Uh, it was probably like sixty something. Yeah, probably. It was just this nothing lob, and Mike Trout killed it off the rocks in dead center. And then Brett Phillips tweets after the game: "You got lucky at Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> He's fun." How
1: come? When a baseball player throws a ball 60 miles an hour, it looks like a big arc. And you and I would kill to throw a baseball right. 60 miles an hour. Right. Well, they're also
0: trying to throw it 60 feet, I guess. So, But yeah, I, you're right about if that. If I threw it as hard as I could, it would not arc. Like on TV, it looks like the 60 or to 65 mile an hour pitch looks like a, a child. It's an it. EFIS. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like Zach Granke. Why is that? Zach Granke's curveball. is still faster than I can throw. Yeah. I don't even think I could see it. <laughs> I've stepped in a batting cage and put it up in not not to the ridiculous like ninety something, but like sixty to seventy. And I'm like, wait, did they did it, did it go? Like, I guess that's why we're not professional baseball. Probably players. why we're here talking to each other. Probably. Yeah. Um, what
1: does the upcoming
0: schedule look like for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Oh well, let roughly me, let me look right here, Steve. I know they have a they have an off day on Thursday. Okay, and they are they've earned it. They have the Cubs this weekend. That'll be good attendance. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Is it bad that that's my first thought? Yeah, kind of. Well, okay, so... I don't blame you.
0: You tell me you work on the broadcast. Yeah. I'm just guessing that their attendance against the Marlins was not good. Uh, No, because it didn't help last night that there was a game uh, going on down the street. At Footprint at Center? Footprint Center yeah. with the Suns and the Mavericks.
1: Um, I thought maybe that would drum up a little bit of... People go into the D-Backs just well, they, to kind they of started, feel like they're in the downtown. But they started at the same mood. time
0: and the D-Backs are playing the Marlins, which you're yeah. not gonna draw any opposing fans for that. Marlins here. don't even pull in their own stadium. Correct. So um And if you're gonna retire, yeah, the, you're gonna retire in Miami or Arizona. Yeah. Not the attendance both. was not great. Um I figured. But they have the Cubs at home for three games. After that, they go on a uh, seven-game road trip to the Dodgers uh, for three, and then they go to Wrigley to face the Cubs for four. Oh, good. So we get plenty of Cubs in the yep. next couple Yeah, of a lot of Cubs Um, who are not playing that well right now. They are towards the really bottom of their division, to. too. Yeah. They're kind of in a rebuild. Yeah, they are. Like a quick rebuild, they are. it feels yeah, like. Yeah, they, they have decent pieces. I mean, Seiya Suzuki has been really good so far to start the year. Marcus Stroman, their big off-season pitching acquisition has been terrible. He's been really bad. I think he's on the COVID list now, too. So I don't know if we'll even see him uh, in this series, if he was scheduled to pitch or not. But... Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've got some good like Patrick Wisdom and Nico Horner are good pieces. Frank Schwindel's okay in first at first. Somehow Jason Hayward is still there. Um, I know he's a good defensive outfielder, he got a, but got a fat contract. He got a bi- I was telling someone the one big contract. I was still telling there. a coworker of ours who is a Cubs fan. I told her if there was ever a dude where that like I was for sure <laughs> thinking this guy's gonna be a superstar. It was Jason Hayward. His rookie season in Atlanta, he homered on opening day in his first at bat, I think. Um, I mean, and then he goes to St. Louis and had a pretty good season there when he was when he was there. I forgot he played in St. Louis. Like for one year he played there, I think. I forgot that. And then entirely. the Cubs signed him to a ridiculous huge contract. Granted, he did win a World Series and he helped the team win a World Series. So right. credit to him. But he kind of just fell off from there after he got paid by the Cubs. Yeah,
1: I mean, he was never really... I mean, at the very beginning, you're right. He was considered a strong offensive player. Yeah. But he his, never really... His trajectory
0: was going way up. And he's still a good defender. He is. He's very good on on defense, but he just doesn't hit. Yeah. Um and he's like, a right handed or a left handed
1: right fielder, which is yeah. not uncommon, I, I guess. In, I, I saw mean, him in center field. The D backs play Pavin Smith out there, so it's not much different, I guess.
0: So but. it looks like, let's see here if we have the probable pitchers. Uh, so on Friday, it looks like it's going to be Zach Davies versus Drew Smiley. Zach Gallen pitching on Saturday, and the Cubs haven't announced their starter yet. We'll end the podcast with this. Who is the pitcher? Because they've got three
1: starters okay. who are dominating. Yes. Merrill Kelly, Zach Gallen, Madison Bumgarner. Okay. Who's
0: the one you look forward to seeing the most? Like every time they pitch? Yeah. Zach Gallen. Definitely Zach Gallen. Why? Uh because he is young for one. He throws hard. That excites me. He's about the only guy on this starting rotation that actually throws. Above, <laughs> he has a future. above ninety five, <laughs> um, and yeah, I just like because it's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster with Zach Gallon. A bit his first year that was that twenty twenty where he had that ridiculous scoring scoreless streak. Was um, that twenty twenty? I can't remember. He came over in nineteen. 19 so yes, twenty twenty. So it was 2020.
1: He had that... Because he got... He wasn't in the 2020... Because remember, that was the pandemic year. Yeah. And that was the year they traded Caleb Smith and Starling Marte. That deal yeah. was in 2020.
0: The year yeah. prior, I think, was Yeah. So 2020 is when he had that scoreless streak. So that was really good. And, and he then- had a really good streak with the Marlins that he yeah. carried over to the yeah. Diamondbacks. Yeah. And then last year, he gets hurt swinging a bat in batting practice. Right. And or was that no? That was that last year because there was no need for that this year because of the DH. Um, Correct. And then this year, of course, he is injured with something else in spring training, and he it was behind schedule. And now he's fully healthy. His ERA is under one. He's it's, never been bad. No, he's always been quite it's, good. It's the roller coaster is when he when he's healthy, he's good, but when he's and then he's not healthy, and he's not pitching at all.
1: Well, because I it wasn't you. It was somebody else in the office last week, when, uh, or this past week, I should say, when the Diamondbacks were facing the Marlins. Mm-hmm. You get a good look at Jazz Chisholm, who was traded for Zach Allen straight up. He was the Diamondbacks, considered their number one prospect at the time. Valuable shortstop. He now plays second base. But he's one of the more exciting players to watch in the game. And I think a lot of people, or at least somebody in the newsroom, came to me and said, "Man, we really blew it on that Zach Gallon trade." I'm like, "Uh, don't forget, Zach Gallon is still the most talented and still fairly young starting pitcher on this team. It's not like you, you got nothing for you know Jazz." Yeah. But maybe we talk about this next week. Maybe I'll tease ahead to this when we have more time to discuss. But was that trade a, an even split at this point? Uh, does Zach Gallen need to still prove that he's worthy of being traded for one of the more exciting young players in the game? Or did the D-backs flat out lose that deal? I, I mean, maybe we dive more into that uh, next week because Jazz Chisholm continues to impress.
0: Yeah, he had a big three-run dinger today in the ninth inning. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't big. He barely got out. but He crushes righties. Yeah. he. I mean, he's a good player. He's a... Uh, He's kind of like a Javi Baez flashy he's, defender. And he's got like an attitude on him. Because, yeah. like, and so, and honestly, I didn't see this coming, but I don't know if you saw it. But in when the D backs were in Miami, all Jazz Chisholm has been talking about was that he wants to take Zach Gallant deep. Like, Zach Gallon has wronged him or something, and then Gallon got him out Just, three times in a row. He yeah, he went over three against Gallon, and then the next day Gallon was like, "I gave him ninety five down the middle of what can you do with it?" And he goes, "Not much, apparently." Yeah, I'm like scoreboard, I'm bro. Like, damn, <laughs> I'm like Zach Gallon. Yes, right. Some guts on some pitchers, heck yeah!
1: Maybe we can dive more into that next week. Uh, we'll have a bigger picture of what those two players are accomplishing. Hey, thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. Uh, Diamondbacks got an interesting schedule moving forward. The Cubs in town this week. The, the, the cub. cub, the Cub, the Cub, the Cub. That's my best Harry Carey. Pretty good. You, did you ever see? Oh boy, Will we're tangenting again. Yeah, you do that. Sorry, did. It's your sorry. Fault. I did you ever
0: see Will Ferrell's? Yeah, Harry of course, Carey, of course. You know what they got in heaven? Angel box.
1: <laughs> I have somewhere in the computer system here at work. I have a. I did a recording session with a Harry Carey impersonator. Yeah, I know. Came talking, into town. I know who you're talking about. And I, I told him I was like, "Can I just stick a microphone in front of your face and you just record promos?" <laughs> and so it was Bickley and Murata. Yeah, uh, our morning show. Now they were in middays at the time, and I said, "Just, just do anything as Harry Carey." He goes, "Okay, a one, Not a two. True. and then he uh, he goes with Bick Danley <laughs> and Vince Lombardi. <laughs>
0: And it was so Harry Carrie.
1: It was hilarious. All right. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Uh, For Cody Fincher, I am Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at Arizonasports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.